You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Orange is the New Black Podcast. I am one of your hosts, one of two, Ace Boogie. My co-host, Zim Huda, is going to come in at the end of this. We've been trying to work through some scheduling conflicts, so when you get these, you might get some of our shows this way, but please be sure to subscribe to his Instagram, at Zim underscore Huda. Be sure to subscribe to mine and follow me as well, at New Stripe City, uh, and also follow me on YouTube, at New Stripe City, and that's what it is. So, with that being said, let's get into some items today. Today I'm going to be covering several, but mostly that I want to cover is it's Monday and we've just received news that the MLB Marlins, the Marlin, the Miami Marlins have essentially had to shut down their game tonight because eight of their players were infected with the coronavirus. You may be saying, why is this important? You know, what does the MLB have to do with the NFL? Uh, and the reason that I'm bringing this up is that this is the path that the NFL has set themselves up for. I've talked to you guys and I've voiced my concerns with the NFL not using a bubble and saying, you know, that's not the smartest idea to go with, especially with the NFL season upcoming. And that's why this is relevant because the MLB is already having issues. There's games that are being canceled. How long those games will be canceled, I have no idea. But this is something that's going to be an issue for uh, leagues and teams that decide to still play outside of a bubble. It, to me, it's just not realistic. And this is the ramifications that you will see coming from a league that participates like this. And this is what the NFL is doing. And this is why I've said, you know, in order for them to have a season that is not interrupted, that, you know, gives us the best quality of the sport, the game, and all of that, the best experience, it has to be within a bubble. And we've seen it with the NBA. The NBA has also launched as well. I think they actually started doing scrimmages uh, back uh, when the MLB was kind of gearing up, right? So they've done scrimmages. The season hasn't officially started, which it will at the end of this month, which is we're in July. So I believe it's July 30th is when the NBA season actually starts. But there have been no reported cases of COVID because of the bubble, because of the bubble being in place. Now, there have been reports, I believe Lou Williams uh, did end up going out and was possibly exposed to COVID by breaking some of those rules. And he's actually, I think, been put in a quarantine. And I'm not sure if that's going to be for 14 days or or what it is. Uh, but he's going to have to be quarantined until he can come back and interact with those players. Now, this isn't to say that no players in the NBA haven't had COVID. There were players that had COVID, but it was outside of the bubble. 
all the players that have been brought into the bubble, whether they did have COVID and came in, they went through the full process and everyone within the bubble during this time period does not have COVID. Every single test for the 300 players uh, came back negative. And so I kind of put this out there and I said, you know, the NBA, uh, the bubble is working for them. It's also working for major league soccer as well. The NFL needs to follow suit. And I got a lot of support from that on Twitter. If you're not following me on Twitter, it's at New Stripe City. But there were some people saying, hey, you know, how does this work? Because there's there's two totally different leagues. You have way more players in the NFL than you do in the NBA. And that's valid and that's true. But to me, the number of players isn't isn't indicative of whether a bubble will work or not, right? Because, you know, the NBA right now is set up in just a section not even the full park, but a section of Disney. They're set up over by the ESPN Worldwide um, Worldwide Sports area and stuff like that. So they have that, and then they also have housing and stuff like that. And if you're actually paying attention to some of this stuff, it's very interesting. They have them take daily COVID tests. You know, they're locked off from people. They can have stuff dropped off and delivered, but it's contactless. And there's all kind of, you know, things put in place for this to go on. So size to me isn't an issue. Yes, you have, you know, 55 players on a roster. You probably have a little bit more than that, uh, being that, you know, we have the offseason rosters and stuff like that. But that's not something that's going to prevent the NFL from from having a bubble. Yes, you're going to have coaching staff and stuff like that. But, you know, there's places and facilities that can that can set that up. I mean, there's probably hundreds of thousands of people that uh, come through Disney and probably in the millions if we're talking yearly. And there is no issue for them being able to, uh, a place like Disney, being able to set that up and provide for them. Uh, So I don't think that's really an issue. Now it's at the point where training camps are about to start. And to me, it's just, honestly, it's just not smart to not have already had this going. Because now we get to report today, hey, MLB players are affected. You know, the season might be thrown back in jeopardy. What do you even do with those games that, you know, the Marlins were going to play. Are they going to be out for five games? Like, how do you even do that? That's the mistake that the NFL doesn't want. Because the last thing that you want is for games to be decided based on the coronavirus. And, you know, I'm not even a big sports gambler, but just imagine all the money that's going to switch hands based on that stuff. Like, Joe Burrow has COVID. How many games do the Bengals lose because of that? Like, that's an automatic L, in my opinion, if that happens. And, And that could happen with any other player. I mean... No, of course I want Big Ben to have COVID the whole season. I mean, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I don't want him to pass away, but I would like for him to have COVID and and not participate. But at the end of the day, it's going to affect everyone. And this is this is something where you have more players. You know, you have with them not being in a bubble, they're coming in contact with limitless people that could potentially carry the virus. To me, it's just not a smart thing to do at this moment. And for me, I think the NFL just needs a bubble. So wherever that is, whether it's Wyoming, wherever they want to have it at, I'm sure that there's a facility that would love to have the NFL uh, there and play in its bubble because the last thing that you want is to have to worry about, you know, whether the season is going to shut down, whether certain players are going to be out, how long they're going to be out for, you know, stipulations on bringing them back and all of that. It's all solved and it's all simplified by simply playing in a bubble. And this is not anything that's like political or anything like that. It's just from as a fan of the sport, from my vantage point, the last thing that I want to worry about when I watch a football game is about COVID. 
and how it's going to affect the game. And I feel like if you've been watching the NBA, you've been watching these games go on, you don't even have to worry about it because there's the fact that everything has been put in place to reduce the chances of this virus, you know, spreading. So kudos to the NBA. Hopefully the NFL follows suit, you know, praying for the MLB. But I think that if we really want to have an NFL season this season and have it be realistic and practical, the NFL needs to get a bubble. So if you feel the same, you feel differently, definitely tweet me um, on Twitter at New Stripe City. I'd love to hear you guys' opinions. But to me, I just I, football is such a great quality sport. Let's not ruin it by making um, exposing it to so many unknown variables. I guess is what I what I'm looking to say. And so we can continue to enjoy our Bengals and you know just have the safety and comfort of knowing that we're going to get fair football and not something that's going to be a mess. So the other thing left on the menu for me is talking about the contracts of Joe Burrow as well as T. Higgins. And the reason that this has become somewhat of an issue, I'm not going to say that it's a full issue, but you know, you've got certain players that have already signed and we already know how the Bengals do things. They generally like to start at the end of their draft class and work their way up uh, to the beginning. So they've essentially signed everyone except for Joe Burrow and T. Higgins. And we're looking to see like what those potential holdups could be. Me personally, I think with the CBA being done, everything is pretty much set. But I think the biggest worry or issue uh, for both sides when it comes to putting that pen to a paper is, you know, what are the circumstances involving the coronavirus? Now, we've seen certain issues kind of arise from the Trey Wayne's contract situation. Not sure if that spills over. I mean, right now it's 1240 on a Monday uh, afternoon that I am recording this. So hopefully I will end up getting an alert or we'll hear differently later that Joe Burrow and T. Higgins have signed their contracts, but I would assume that they would be in the building today, and I would assume that it would get done. Like, yes, there's concern over those aspects of it, especially when uh, Joe Burrow asked early on, he was asked, you know, had he signed his contract, and he said not yet. They wanted to wait for this whole COVID thing to play out to determine uh, how things would go moving forward. So I think once that kind of gets figured out, I think that you'll see both of these guys sign. And I think that is just business as usual. This is the way that the Bengals do things, not anything to get in an uproar about. And, you know, these guys reported essentially to Paul Brown Stadium, I believe on the 21st. So they should be there. I would expect that, you know, they would be signing those contracts soon. So I don't think that it's anything that's like a power play or or anything like that. So I'd love to see it, and I can't wait to to get these guys in. And it's also interesting that one Bengals receiver that has been working out with Joe Burrow this offseason, as reported by Tyler Dragon, is John Ross. So John Ross has had plenty of time to play and practice with Joe Burrow, so that's good. I would definitely be on the lookout for uh, Ross as, you know, a potential breakout candidate being that he's probably got the most chemistry with Joe Burrow at this moment. We'll have to see how things line up with AJ Green and, and some of these guys. I know at one point they tried to get everyone together. I'm not sure if that ended up happening or not, uh, but, but hopefully, you know, we can get these guys together. And that's why also having a bubble is key because you need to have all of those receivers and all of those guys in there playing. But uh, at the end of the day, I think that the Bengals definitely get this deal done, and hopefully we can get these guys both into camp. 
appreciate you guys for listening to my half of the Orange is a New Black podcast. I have my co-host Zim hitting you guys next. Thanks for listening. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, world. It is your man, Zim Hude, one half of the dynamic duo. Orange is the new black podcast here. Ace Boogie, follow him at New Stripe City as always on Twitter, Instagram as well. Follow me at Zim underscore Hude on Instagram. Uh, follow me at Zim Hude on Twitter, where people have begged me to be a little bit more active. So I said, hey, you know what? I'm taking my my talents to South Beach, aka Twitter, I guess. So I'm on there now. Check me out if you want to get some realistic thoughts of of mine I just wake up some days and just randomly say stuff I had a thought today I was gonna say like you know you're mature when you no longer piss in the shower but I don't know if that would have went over that well okay so we're gonna start off my segment by just telling you about what's going on currently the NFLPA has um, put out a preseason season calendar and um, it starts off with Kansas City, Houston, Texas to begin this on July 25th. It goes into July 28th through the 31st is a PCR uh, virtual meetings uh, day one, two, three, and four is COVID testing. Keep in mind, COVID testing is going to be daily for the first two weeks um, that players are uh, coming into the facilities. August 1st through 2nd, they're going to have physicals and equipment. Uh, there's the acclimation period from August 3rd to 11th, yada, yada, yada. There's a gradual ramp-up period to August 12th through 16th. Um, there's going to be um, some other notes that I wanted to get into is that they're going to have some off days at like August 8th. But pretty much when you go through this whole thing, um, there's going to be only a maximum of 14 padded practices. So... From August 14th to September 6th, there's only allocated 14 um, padded practices. And it really, really sucks when you look at this breakdown because for most of it, it's talking about how they're going to have all these periods where players can get acclimated and do some different things. But they have so much testing in the middle of it that it just really just befuddles my brain on how they didn't have a period where players could come in maybe in groups of six groups of fives, groups of fours or something prior to this period just to get some of these formalities and some of the stuff out the way. Get a get a damn playbook, you know what I'm saying? So they have all this stuff scheduled like that. Uh, there's a very interesting layout that they have. Um, if you're interested in seeing the full layout, I have it on my page. Um, I keep it in my story. I'm going to repost it again. Once again, that's Zim underscore Hude on um, Instagram. The next thing I was going to talk about is like in this um, – in this layout that they've given is that they've said that pretty much that you've got to take your 84 for, if you're the Cincinnati Bengals and you got to cut it down to 80 players. The most, there are different scenarios that you could do that in, but the, the best scenario that I saw is that they're allowing uh, teams to carry 90. 
players in that time period um, up until the date that they uh, get past some of those padded practices. So it's really, really something to keep an eye on. I think me and Ace uh, coming up soon, we'll start looking at different players that are ultimately going to be on a roster bubble. The crazy thing about it is there's a lot of players that I think that they would would love to take a look at. There's also a lot of players that are going to get released that I know that the Bengals will be able to use. And I would like to think some of these players that might get released might be on the offensive line, which is really, really crazy as well. Um, another topic that I wanted to get into now that we got past that is I wanted to talk about Joe Burrow recently uh, showing a, a picture of him at his uh, workout. He he does black sheep performance. Um, they had some guys. Uh, Sam Hubbard, as you guys know, is one of his buddies. Um, also had uh, Drew Sample there, I believe, also. But in that picture, it's, it's just it's got everybody thinking like, man, this guy is so jacked up right now. It, I mean, he looks like a safety, right? Like, doesn't he have, like, the, like, I mean, I'm not trying to compare man bodies, but, dude, he is not only tall in stature prior, right? Now he's, like, bulked up. And I I, I made a couple memes over the weekend, and some of the people that, you know, like, of course, Steelers fans, I, if you guys don't know, I run a, a, a Bengals versus Steelers uh, page. So if you guys ever want to see the most toxic page in the universe, it's Zim underscore versus and that's vs underscore snoo jr and i don't know what that is a snoo jr is like like the stairway to seven rings or something one of these stiller fans gonna have to tell me but it's a guy i know he runs um another page a stiller page we're not going to shout that one out but if you guys ever want to just get into some toxic level arguing and you have a rough day uh, it's zim underscore vs underscore Snoo Jr. S N U J R, and that's on Instagram. But I posted a meme on there, and I'm like kind of making fun of Steelers fans, and a lot of fans, because um, it's talking about Ben, and a lot of uh, guys hit me up and was like, "You guys are banking on Joe Burrow doing this," and da 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 da, and I'm like, "You're banking on Ben's elbow at this point, right?" And I'm, how could you look at Joe Burrow after the season that he just had? Probably the greatest college football season of all time. He's now jacked up and looks like he works hand in hand with Chuck Norris, and 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 he's about to play football. And y'all don't have any tape on him. I, there are a lot of variables that I do worry about, like the padded practices, the fact that he doesn't have any preseason. So the first time he'll ever be hit will be Week One, like San Diego. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I'm I'm really not worried about it because for me it's always the end game with Joe Burrow. It's just like I'm looking long jeopardy. I'm not thinking uh, wins equals Joe Burrow success. Me keeping them upright, his psychological well being, all these different things, them being protected, his weapons stepping up for him, all those things I'm gonna be looking for year one, and also the advancement of Zach Taylor, which is really really rough because think about how Zach Taylor came into the game uh, last year, and now he's got to go into this season with this COVID crap going on. So it's really really hard to judge Zach Taylor even this year, like. I, I like to think that the Bengals are going to give him a longer le- leash, but what it does is create a lot of cohesion. But looking at Joe Burrow in this page, um, I'm in this picture that's just that's just popped up. It's like you know he's on his game. Like he's whether you believe in him or not, he's not sitting around eating bonbons. Like this dude is jacked up and he's ready to go. So if you guys just you could just Google it, 
just look at Joe Burrow. He's um, at this place and he in uh, that I just shouted out. Um, but he's jacked up and he looks like he could play safety. So I don't know if they're like going to be shorter on the roster when it comes time for that. But if they want to just pencil him as like a backup, like any position on the NFL roster, go right ahead. Another thing I want to point out is um, uh, recently the Bengals were ranked, uh, well, they got ranked third worst linebacker group in the NFL by Pro Football Focus. And that's even with Josh Bynes, who Pro Football Focus is really, really high on. Um, Josh Bynes is at this point, um, I think, because he came off the street and then he had a lot of success last year. Uh, a lot of people pretty much are buying into him, and, and now he's getting a little longer in the tooth, 30, 31. You start getting around that age, especially for a linebacker. Like, that's considered kind of old. So, uh, I just thought it was crazy that they were ranked third after the draft that they had. I'm, I'm not really shocked by them being ranked 30th. The one thing I would say, and a lot of people ask me this, is, what do you think about them drafting all those linebackers? And my only answer is that they're just getting it to go against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Like, they're they're fully prepared for that. And, and you could throw in Nick Chubb and then if any downhill rusher that this uh, Pittsburgh Steelers get. I think they're just getting ready for the division. They combine, they got guys that have speed and also are big and, and, and can hit and, and aren't shedding away from tackles. And they even went and got a backup plan in Marcus uh, Bailey, you know, later in the draft as well. And a lot of people have said, why did they draft so many? I think they got to a point kind of like how we are with the offensive line where they're just saying, I no longer want to worry about this position. If Akeem Davis Gaither doesn't work out, if Logan Wilson doesn't work out, I don't care because I still got Josh Bynes. I still got Jermaine Pratt. I still got Bailey. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, I mean, they, they've got guys, too. They got some athletes, too, that I really like, too. Um uh, in their linebacker, like just in depth. So, uh, but the biggest question I think that more people have more than that is, well, if more of the NFL is passing, then why would you even concentrate on a position? It's just so simple. Like you can no longer bank on one position, uh, one player to just take control of this whole thing. Like players just aren't having a longevity that they used to. So when you see a trade like Jamal Adams come up, people, I, I'm one of the people, I'm one of the first people that, that, that voice that I would never trade that for Jamal Adams. And I thought that was a perfect segue to just get into like what the, the only way you could go linebacker at that position, if you want to reach on a linebacker or go really, really high on a linebacker is you're buying into that guy being that guy and being able to play 14-plus games every season. And I think the Bengals smartened up and said, you know what, that's just not happening in today's world, and I agree with it. But if you don't know the the deal for the J- Jamal Adams, it was Jamal Adams in the fourth-round pick in 2022. They get a, a, a legit safety in Bradley Madule from Seattle. If you guys don't know, I'm sorry. Jets made a trade with uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Um, so Seattle gets Bradley. Uh, I'm sorry. Seattle gives up Bradley McDougal, um, who is a, is a, is a pretty good starting safety. Um, I think Pro Football Focus had him ranked about 18th last year. So that's not the bottom of the barrel. They also got a first round uh, draft pick in 2021, a third round draft pick in 2021, and a first round pick in 2022. Um, the deals at at the time of recording is pending physicals as well, but. 
Jamal Adams is kind of like the the Joe Burrow trade um, scenario that we kept on getting. And most people, and people like myself, I even we even had Tony Pike on the show. Shout out to my guy Tony Pike, T Pike fifteen. If you guys want to follow him too, he's just a cool guy. So I always got to shout him out. But part of that was we couldn't buy into the fact that you could take this massive king's ransom. You could give me six guys for this one guy named Joe Burrow. Uh, six draft picks and all this guy and Cam Newton, all this, all these trades, all these different scenarios. None of them made sense because the value of an MVP level quarterback is something that the that cannot be marginalized. It cannot be. There's no price tag on it. And so, some positions. If I were to tell you Ed Reed, if I were to tell you Ray Lewis, if I were to tell you. Uh, Steve Atwater, if I were to tell you some of the greats, some of the Chris, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Rob Woodson, some of the stalwarts on defense, if you would make that trade for them, would you give up what Seattle just did? And I think you would say, yeah, every time. So they're taking a high risk on that. But if it pans out, if Jamal Adams is uh, healthy, because we all know safety-wise, he is, to me, the best safety in the National Football League. So there's hard to put a price tag on it. It's just the longevity of these positions I always question, especially on defense. They just don't make them like they used to, right? And so that uh, that came up a lot to me because people were asking me, would you trade that, you know, uh, from the Bengals? From the Bengals standpoint, no, you wouldn't because you got Jesse Bates in place. You got an extra safety. See, they're – Bengals are buying into what I really, really like when I thought they were keeping Drake Kirkpatrick and how I'm also a proponent of them going out and going back and getting uh, Darquez Denard. Although we don't know if the, bur- the bridges were burned or anything like that. I would, I would heavily suggest that because I'm so big on depth. All these teams that make a Super Bowl run, it's always some big injuries at the beginning of the year, middle of the year, and then they make this run, and the players that they thought were so important to their success – aren't even there. Like, even if you look at Joe Flacco's run, there were a lot of injuries um, on the Ravens on the, in, the, in that year. There are a lot of injuries a lot of times on these big, um, these big spots. And Jamal Adams, to me, represents, like, something that the NFL used to be. Will it work out? It could. I wouldn't be mad at it at all. And, um, and, and, we'll, and only time will tell. But for the Bengals, with them uh, being stout at the safety position now, now Sean Williams being your third possibly safety, uh, along with uh, Von Bell, you know, and Jesse Bates. Like, I like that. I like that option better. I'd rather play a bunch of linebackers that got drafted, uh, a bunch of safeties that are all starters, than just paying that one guy every single time until you get to the quarterback position, right? So that ends it uh, for my segment today. I hope you guys enjoyed that. This is the Orange is the New Black podcast. Keep on join, uh, tuning in. We're going to have a bunch of stuff coming up. I'm going to start doing some more contests coming up. Please make sure you check out me and Ace's link uh, to Fanatics. We got some really, really good deals on there if you're trying to get some Bengals gear. Um, other than that, Burrow Babies signing out. Who day? <laughs>